This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. Yes, we're back live here on Horses in the Morning, and I am back in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada, and you are listening to the Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network Endurance Day for August 14th, episode 1994. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge, you're an endurance rider. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love, but don't fence me in. Let me be by myself. Well, there is so much going on in the endurance world right now, and it's good. I'm so glad we're back in the studio. We got in late last night, about 11 o'clock. We were supposed to get in at 1 o'clock in the afternoon from the trade show, and that didn't work out so good. So we spent a lot of time at Atlanta Airport yesterday, uh, and now we're home. So it's so nice to have you on here, Welcome Karen. Back. We got a lot to talk about between the Mongol Derby, which is you know, like the longest endurance ride in the world, and then we've got uh, Tevis. We've got to do our Tevis wrap-up show. We've got to talk to you about that, a bunch of guests about that. We just have a lot going on, and we do have some fun guests coming up on today's show. Tell us about those quickly okay we have uh the montgomery's coming on mark and linda who uh have been training and riding the blm adopted mustangs for many years actually and the just top 10 tevis we've also got kelly moore fryman who uh came out to tevis all the way from ohio who's going to tell us about her adventures we've got the mongol Derby to talk about upcoming WEG and the AERC National Championship. So lots of stuff to go over today. Very good. And we... um we're going to talk, we're going to get started with the Mongol Derby because I we, I didn't get to do a live show. We've been doing live shows. I know you've watched a couple, I think. Uh, I've seen yes. you popping in. Uh, uh-huh. So we've been doing them at 8 o'clock every night on the Horses in the Morning Facebook page and getting several thousand people watching them. But we didn't get to do it last night because I was like flying home. So um, <laughs> they don't allow you to do that from the airplane. So Stuck we in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to give you an update this morning. And you had uh, a rider you wanted to talk about really quickly. Oh, yes. Heather, uh, also known as Flash. She, this was her first time and we talked to her a couple of months back. She's an endurance writer. She's also done um, marathons and running and stuff. And unfortunately, her ride came to an end when she had a little bit of an accident where it sounds like, in her words, the derby has a way of chewing you up and spitting you out. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) and unfortunately she's on her way home she may actually have arrived back in the states with a broken collarbone and possibly some uh, damaged ribs that's what happens when you ride wild mongolian ponies (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, you know, and it's like I everybody I talk to of the experienced endurance writers, pretty much. Uh, and I heard uh, listened to your interview with Heather Reynolds, yes. and she also was of the same opinion as me. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, no way in hell is what I think no, she said. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not, no. Nope, I not value interested. my body is what I think. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, it's a, it's enough risk to ride our own horses <laughs> that we that we know. <laughs> well, I, d- I will tell you that since we were on the air last, there's been a change in lineup uh, at the lead. And now mm-hmm. in the lead are the two Australians, Annabelle Nisham and Adrian Corboy. They are are both in the lead. They are at uh, horse station number 26. Devin came out of horse station number 25, and she's probably, they will have, they had to have stopped riding by now. So mm-hmm. she'll be camped somewhere between the two, but sh- they have about 15 to 20 kilometers on her. This race will end. They'll start racing again tonight, Eastern time, and this will end with, the, you know, this next uh, this next day over there, th- this race will end because they only have four stations to go. So they'll get that done, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I did speak to Adrian's uh, parents this morning by Facebook, and I'm gonna—they're gonna do an interview tonight, quick with me. And they had a message. They said Addie and Annabelle have just arrived at HS26 to a hero's welcome from the herders. The families are relieved that they have a good rest at 26 for the final leg tomorrow. Massive effort in difficult weather. It was hot as heck. Uh, fingers crossed for the other riders too. So that was a message from Adrian's parents who are super lovely and super nice. I've been talking to them for the last couple of days. So, and you know what's really cool is the two leaders, I they will come in across holding hands and be joint leaders. Aww. I have no question about that in my mind. They're not going to race each other to the end. They've been on this ride together the whole way. Uh-huh. Uh, and they have no penalties. They've they've uh, racked up, oh, which is very awesome. rare. Most of the riders have a penalty of some sort, time or or uh-huh. uh, or something. The horses didn't, you know, cool down. They had some hot days, so the horses, some of the horses, were having trouble with that. So it's you know they go from these extreme colds to hot in a matter of a day or two because they're riding so far. The climate changes. Now, when they have their checks for the horses, is there anybody there doing anything for the riders? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the families, the Mongol families actually will cook okay. food and they eat them. a lot of the, those dumpling biscuit things um, and then goat if you really want it. And then mare's milk, you know, they got that too. So, um, but they, they're the ones that take uh, care of the riders. I, I, and it, I, I'm just going to stick with Tavis. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't sounding attractive to you, but the, now another thing too is coming in right behind Devin into Station Twenty Five, only about ten kilometers behind her, is Angus Lowe, Eliza Allen, and Charlotte Howard. Those three have been chasing the whole way. So really, to you know, tonight the dot watchers are going to be up all night because this is going to finish it tonight. And you know, all it takes is one horse that's not so cooperative, and this race could change. So, you know, those leaders could be passed or Devin could be out and one of the other three in, you know, it it just depends on the horses and the weather and a lot of things. So a lot can happen. How many are cooperative? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they go. I mean, they're getting from point A to point B. Uh, They are. (laughs) The pictures are very entertaining. (laughs) Yes. Of the horses straight up in the air with the herders trying to. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 
It's a good thing they're small. <laughs> it's a different world, you know? It's a different world, a different horse culture over there. We have to remember that, too. These are tough ponies. You know, these ponies don't get shoes. These are <laughs> these are these ponies, tough feet, tough ponies. <laughs> and some of them you'll see are pretty large. If they're if they live in the grassy uh-huh. areas and the plains, then they tend to eat more and they're pretty large. And you know, a lot of times what people don't realize is they'll turn these ponies out for the winter. They don't keep them. They just turn uh-huh. them out and they're on their own for the winter and then they gather them up again. Same as the Icelandic ones do that too. Um, oh. they're actually better off on their own. Uh, because they they can go know where to find shelter and food and all of that, and then they they round them up again in the spring. And, so. and I hear the riders have to go round them up sometimes <laughs> yes, too. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. You're not signing up for this next year, Karen. No. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about your Tevis ride. How did it go? I mean, you, you, first of all, congratulations. So Thanks. this puts you with some kind of record, right? Well, yeah, we're kind of up there. There's only been like maybe one or two other horses ever that have completed the Tevis with 10,000 miles. And so it was kind of really cool, not just that Bo finished Tevis for his sixth time out of six starts, but this ride put us at 10,090 miles. Okay, so so let's review. How old is Bo? He's 20. And you've had him for how long? He's 20, and this is his 12th ride season, and I've ridden him for 11 of those seasons. Okay, so you've had him for 11 years. He's 20 years old. He's ridden and finished Tevis six times, which is incredible that he's finished every time. three of those times were after he had colic surgery. So it's he's definitely, you know, he's a tough horse. He loves his job and or he wouldn't have 10,000 miles or, you know, but he's he's a great little Tevis horse because he loves to go down the trail. He knows, you know, kind of what he's doing. Um, So you can just nap now during the ride because he just knows his way. You know, I, I, he does help me get a little bit more confident. I'm not a real strong nighttime rider next to cliffs, which, which is unfortunately most of the last 30 miles. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, uh, but yeah, he's, he's a, he's a ton of fun to ride. And um, this year, 149 riders started. 64 finished, so it was a 42.6 completion Was that rate. low, high, about normal? It's what? low. The Tevis website actually says the overall average over the years is 54%. But it was so hot and smoky. It was hot. But, you know, it's always hot. It was hazy. The dust for us is kind of more of an issue than the, the smoke was. The smoke wasn't really, you know, you couldn't really smell the smoke. Like, as soon as we got back from Tevis, the smoke from all the California fires just sort of filled in the valley and got really bad with the air quality. But during Tevis, it really wasn't too bad. And really, like I said, you're, we didn't notice it because we're riding through clouds of dust. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, and in fact, we actually were like over an hour slower on our ride time, but we still completed in 25th place. And I think that's attributed to the fact that it was so hot. You know, they said that some of the canyons were like upwards of over 120 degrees, which, you know, I I don't really know if it was hotter than average because I always remember Tevis as being hot. So I go into it 
expecting that. So it wasn't, you know, a surprise. Oh, gee, Tevis is hot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I want to talk about your ride, but there was a surprise you had the night before the ride. We did. We were in <laughs> I saw camp, those pictures. <laughs> and all of a sudden, people that are walking right in front of my rig, where we're parked in the forest, of course, uh, says, there's a bear. And literally just feet away from where my horse is camped, there's this bear. And it's like a 450 or 500 pound bear. It's huge. And it's just strolling right along. <laughs> like, and, and then, of course, Bo at that point, he didn't care. The bear was still, you know, far enough away. It didn't bother him. He had his head down. He was eating. Everything was great. Well, the bear, apparently, there was something in my rig that the bear was interested in. Oh. I don't know if it was Do you have a my ham hanging in there or what? <laughs> or me or the horse. I, exactly. So the bear kept coming closer and closer and closer. It was literally like, coming up to the ramp on the back of my horse trailer and you know mind you my horse Bo is camping on his high tie on the trailer <laughs> so there's not that much space between this this bear and my horse and so I thought oh I'm gonna take my big brave cattle dog not and I put her on the leash and we went out because we I thought, well, let's chase the bear off. Maybe if the dog barks at it or whatever, the bear will say, hey, let's go bother somebody else. Well, no, the, the big, brave cattle dog <laughs> hid behind me. <laughs> you <laughs> she, were between the dog and the bear. <laughs> yes, I was. She wasn't about to. She was like, no, not interested in being brave or barking or anything. I'm just going to hide behind mom and maybe she'll let me go back in the trailer. So, so that didn't work. So no actually, crazy at actually, a squirrel, but a bear I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, the bear kind of came around all night long. We were up, my husband slept with his shoes on because he would get up and run out and throw stuff at the bear to chase it off. <laughs> and it, I guess it was bothering several horses not just mine so i i think ultimately luckily Bo had eaten and drank really good all day friday but i don't and, and he did drink good overnight but he didn't eat as good as i would have liked and so i think that kind of he was a little nervous <laughs> he had a nervous <laughs> tummy <laughs> Oh, you can't blame them. I mean, horses typically freak out with bears. Yeah. You know, yeah. so all of us it, typically freak out with bears. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah coming that close. You know, so the bear definitely was, you know, had an effect. And and so that did cause us to to be more careful, spend more time on the trail and some of the checks, letting boat eat and kind of catch back up so that by the time he finished, you know, he he had good gut sounds and and finished in really good condition, which is the most important thing. But we could have done without the bear. <laughs> now, I followed your dot all day, and it looked you looked just steady and consistent all day. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, did it feel that way? It did. And then my poor husband, because apparently my dot quit working at about mile 94, 96. Yes, it did. Yeah. Something like that. And so... <laughs> They, he and my crew, they were watching for me to come in. Apparently they dozed off. And when they woke up, I was right there in front of them. <laughs> 
surprise! <laughs> Everybody they was asleep was, at you. <laughs> they knew I was coming, but they didn't exactly see me come into the stadium for my victory lap. So then next thing you know, they're like, oh, there's Karen. She's like right here in front of us. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you, uh, was, this was, you came in 25th, right? So right, basically in, in the middle of the pack of the ones who finished. Kind of out of 64, yeah. just yeah. a little further. Yeah, but you, 20 out of 149 starters so. and you've always been in the in the late teens early 20s right isn't that usually in the in the 20s i've been like 21st 23rd 25th i've been 25th before on bow so we were kind of placing wise right right there we were a little slower we were like an hour or something slower than than usual because of you know i think the conditions and i'm gonna just blame the bear <laughs> Yeah, there you go. It's a good, good thing. And, and you right. know what? It's legitimate, so you, you can get away with that one. Uh, exactly. Of course, uh, the winner of this race was Heather Reynolds. Uh, she uh, won on a horse, somebody else's horse, if I remember right. Hillary's horse, and she's ridden a horse belonging to Hillary, or Jeremy has, that, that won previously so they they know how to pick them and how to ride them that's for sure because this was heather's third win at tevas she's also won the hack and cup i'm pretty sure more than once you know we all lose count with with these reynolds people yeah. well we had her on <laughs> if you wanted to listen to her interview after tevas i mean i think it was a day or two after uh it was on august the first so it was uh august the first episode uh you can find her interview and uh she was pretty you know i asked her if it ever gets old and it uh, she said winning tevas never gets old so <laughs> so <laughs> I <don't>, no <laughs> i think it's something that everybody still looks forward to now you, you were not riding the oldest horse though were you and you had a chance to catch up with a woman who was riding a pretty old horse i wasn't and in fact we're looking forward to on a future show talking with claire godwin who is a veterinarian and she rode her 27 and a half year old horse mercury which she calls merc and they finished, I think it was like 13th place. And he topped in the Old Dominion 100 back east in June this year. He finished Tevis last year. And I I mean, it's just, it's Two really Two 100s in one year and you're 27. Right. <laughs> and he just, he's, and so I asked her, what, what do you think his strong points are? And, and she, she told me, well, he's only like 14 hands. So he's huh. very small and agile. He's got big feet, a smart brain, and she says Tevis is a downhill ride and he cooks going downhill. And so and and then she also joked that she doesn't have to worry about him falling because it's not that far to fall. And I and I was like, "Well, yeah, except for Pucker Point, it's only a couple thousand feet down." Yeah, I was going to say except for those cliffs over the side. If you just fall onto the ground right below your horse, you're okay. It's when you don't that could be the problem. And and so she also said that she thinks that any horse, uh, any rider needs to know their horse in order to use them efficiently. So you need to learn what your horse's strengths 
and weaknesses are, which is what she obviously does. And she also asked me, how do I keep mine going? And I said, well, just like you, I, I ride, try to ride smart and to my horse's best abilities, you know, um, you know, giving and taking for what their strong points are and their weak points are. And, and so I thought that was, uh, kind of interesting. We do a lot of the same type of management with our horses as far as the you know joint supplements go and stuff like that um you know and i asked her what she thought about the old dominion 100 there's always questions back and forth of because it's on the east coast tevis is on the west coast and old dominion's right? in virginia in the mountains right it's in the the exactly. smoky mountains yeah Exactly. So I asked her and I'm going to let her answer that question about what she thinks (laughs) is the most difficult. But the rides, you know, are both very challenging. Old Dominion has, of course, more humidity, I believe. um, And and it's got a lot of rocks. It's not point to point, you know, so so they're not exactly, you you know, the same. you know, so you are kind of comparing apples and oranges, but but it's sort of cool that she's still riding a 27-year-old horse on both of these tough rides, which is just, I find awesome. And it was, you know, quite an inspiration for me because, you know, I, I wasn't planning on Tevis all year. And then I saw that, well, gosh, she's entered this horse that's 27. Mine is only 20. He's just, you know, he's a youngster. <laughs> he's a youngster, and, right. And I thought, you know, I got to get off my duff and do this because, you know, I know I'm running out of time because, you know, even most 20 year old horses are still not, um, you know, competing rides like Tevis. So um, I went ahead and I entered late. And this is here's another first world problem that I had because I entered late. They didn't get my rider's packet to me. So when I headed up to Tevis on the Friday before, I still didn't have my parking passes for my crew. <laughs> Which, you know, it's the little details if your crew can't get into the vet check. They probably know you pretty well by now, though, I think. Yes, yeah. and they were really nice. I had emailed and called them, and they had my parking passes in my packet that I had when I checked in. So, so we were all taken care of, but still it was like, well, if that's my worst problem, I'm good. <laughs> Are you in the endurance rider hall of fame yet? Uh, just my horse, granite chief, yeah, but well, I'm not. I mean, you yeah. should be. You know, they, well, they, you know, they, usually or do you have to be res- dead like some other hall of fames. Before? <laughs> you gotta be close. <laughs> I, you know. I, I think I still have some time left. <laughs> All right. One other thing that we need to talk about before we get to Kristen from Distance Depot. And today we're going to talk to her a little bit about uh, horse leg protection. But one other thing we have to talk about is the fact that the fires, you live uh, in northern, northwestern Nevada, which is right on the California border. And boy, the fire, half that state's on fire. Have you been getting the smoke and everything? Yes, we've had the worst air quality. In fact, Gardnerville, where I live twice last week, um, was recognized as having the worst air quality in the nation. Wow. So the smoke, we were having smoke from like more than one fire, and it just would come into the valley. And normally, you know, we want to complain about it being windy. Well, of course, there was no wind, no breeze. So the smoke just settled in the valley and just smothered us. And it's you know, everything I was reading online, I looked up, you know, UC Davis and their recommendations for horses and 
you know, in those kinds of, you know, air quality conditions, you shouldn't work your horse, you know, period. So, you know, we came over from Tavis and we've kind of been on, you know, pause ever since. Haven't really been able to it's, do much of anything. I've only been in a couple situations where I've, it's been forest fire smoke like that. And boy, it's just hard to breathe. I mean, just to do anything. Right. Oh, yes. It, it's, uh, you know, we were, a lot of people have been coughing and getting, you know, chest congestion. It hurt, hurt to breathe. It, it, and my eyes were burning. Of course, it took a week for my eyes to recover after Tavis. Yeah. And then coming home and being in the smoke and then breathing it. And, uh, you know, and I I feel bad for the horses, um, you know, be, you know, especially Bo, because he starts to rearrange everything. He gets bored after an endurance ride he wants to go work he wants to do stuff and so he's been moving my he's been uh, um, changing the furniture around again <laughs> yes he's been moving water troughs around and the stall mats and the buckets and you know i have to go hunt if everything only he'd down. clean while he was doing that that would be yeah, great exactly <laughs> if he could do it how i wanted it would be great you know i actually did have someone on facebook ask if they could borrow him <laughs> They needed help moving some stall mounts and they're and they're heavy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get uh, Kristen on from Distance Depot. She joins us once a month. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning, Karen and Glenn. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Just fine. Sounds well, like it's... you all have been very busy lately. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. So Oh, look, I see we have International Helmet Awareness Day coming up. Yes, we do, actually. Yeah, we do. It's Riders for Helmets, International Helmet Awareness Days. And this year in 2018, it's actually going to be held over two days on Saturday and Sunday, August 18th and 19th. So this Saturday and Sunday, if you have um, not purchased a helmet in the last five years, it is the industry standard recommendation that you get a new helmet every five years. Um, so most of us have our helmets, but how long has it been since you bought one? And there's <laughs> um, a date. Now most helmets, if you haven't ripped it out, have a date that's pretty securely attached on a sticker inside the helmet. So, inside, yeah. Right. So, yeah, in case you've forgotten. But now's your chance to save because this weekend we'll, have, we'll be offering 20% off um, on most of our helmets, so I'm pretty sure um, the Tipperary brands and the Ovations um, and the Troxels will all be marked down in-store and online, so now's your chance to save and ride protected. Stay safe. Exactly, and the helmets have improved so much over, you know, years ago, um, oh, before yeah. people even used helmets and endurance, exactly. but... But yeah, now they're the they're nice, they're streamlined, they're lightweight, they're actually very comfortable. You often forget that you even have one on. I do, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, they, and the ventilation is great, and, and they offer so much more protection than they used to, too. They sort of used mm -hmm. to sit on the top of your head. But, right. Um, but they've done a really nice job trying to make them as comfortable as possible for those of us who have to wear them all day long. <laughs> Exactly. So tell us, we're going to also talk today about your leg protection for horses, because that's something I normally don't always use on my horse. But when I do Tavis, I always, because we're going through some very technical, rocky boulder type terrain. So I always do wear for, 
leg boots for protection. So tell us what you've got. Okay. Well, we have a really wide variety, um, so many things, but we have a whole page dedicated to leg protection and products um, dedicated for therapy before and after um, therapy, and then, of course, splint boots and ankle boots um, of all sorts, um, interference boots, ankle boots, mm-hmm. um, basically all the fetlock boots. There's so many names for basically the same sort of protection um, for, like you say, technical terrain to keep your horse from interfering and, and you know, hurting himself. Um, and uh, I think most rides anymore will allow some of this. I know um, some of the knee track rides, the, the ruling is a little bit different, and I'm not completely um, up to date on all of the rules, but I know on the endurance rides you can certainly wear protection um, for your horse to keep him safe and uh-huh. sound during the events. So we have lots of great choices there. We even have ice boots um, to, to cool at the vet checks, um, lots of different varieties of those, and some compression wraps too, um, which are really a post, sort of a post-ride um, product, but mm-hmm. nice to help keep the inflammation down and um, help your horse recover, as well as poultices and <laughs> all kinds of uh, liniments and and um, leg protection of all sorts. Everything you could need. And, and how would somebody go about ordering from you? Well, you can visit us at www.thedistancedepot.com or give us a call toll-free, 866-863-2349. Kristen, am I allowed to mention the code? The secret code? Oh, oh, oh I think it's over. Is it? Um, but I will say, yeah, well, are you still doing Mongol? Oh, yeah, Mongol Derby's not over yet. We're still running. Okay, well, yes, <laughs> you can mention it. I'm sorry, I haven't been following along. <laughs> are you kidding? They're still riding after 10 days, or it seems oh, like 10 days. Them. But uh, they're, it right. probably will end tomorrow, and then the last riders will come in the next day. So, okay, uh, yeah, super. Yeah, use coupon code MONGOL18, M-O-N-G-O-L, the numbers 18, all one word, capital letters, all caps, MONGOL18, and you'll get 15% off of most uh, items at the Distance Depot. Uh, Distance Depot, the Distance Depot was kind enough to uh, sponsor our coverage of the Mongol Derby, and we'll be back on again tonight at 8 p.m. live, coming to you. I'll have a report from one of the moms in Australia, who's very proud of her son, who's leading the way. So... uh, uh, Mongol 18 at the Distance Depot, but literally it's only going to be another day or two. So get on and uh, make All your right. orders now. And then this weekend, you'll have discounts on the helmets, uh, 20% off, the, and you can go ahead and order your new helmets there. Please do look at the stickers. If your helmet is over five years old, get a new helmet. I don't care if it's, you know, you say it's the industry recommendation. I'm saying just get a freaking new helmet. Um, I mean, you think about it, the heat and all of that, uh, you know, the foams break down, the glues break down, the plastics break down. And another thing, if you've fallen on your head and you've hit your (laughs) helmet and you haven't replaced your helmet, that's a mistake too. I don't care if it doesn't look cracked on the outside. If you've fallen and hit your head, you need to replace your helmet because it could be cracked and corrupted on the inside. So the next time Mm -hmm. you hit it won't do its job. So you need to replace your helmet then too. So definitely in both of those cases, get a new helmet. Or if yours just looks like hell now, go ahead and get a new one too. So there's that. (laughs) Um, All right. Have I covered everything helmet-wise, I think? 
I think so. Well, thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Y'all Kristen. Thanks, Kristen. TheDistanceDepot.com is where you can find it. We're going to have uh, Lindsay. We we uh, helped uh, Lindsay in the very beginning of International Helmet Awareness Day at the very beginning of Riders for Helmets years ago. Uh-huh. I mean, this is back probably eight years ago. Uh, we helped her when she first got started. I was at the first symposium they did down in Wellington for that. And here she is. It's a one-woman show. She's going to be on our show tomorrow or Friday talking about it. But okay. she basically puts all her time, her money. This is her effort, her baby. So, you know, good for her for really spending time to help people's heads. And the response that people have gotten or have given, and people who have bought helmets as a result of International Helmet Awareness Day that would not normally, and then mm-hmm. had an accident and have come back and told their stories, it's pretty incredible. So Wow. So uh, you can buy those helmets, thedistancedepot.com. Get yours this weekend at 20% off. And remember, Mongol 18 for 15% off of most of their items over the next, well, till the Mongol Derby's done. So you only got like a couple days. So yes. uh, get over Go there. Go shop now. Yes, that's right. So Karen. <laughs> and, it, and it's always good to have a space because like you just said if you fall and hit your head you are going to still want to be able to put on another helmet and, and keep going if you're an endurance rider then, right right and then they won't be on sale for uh-huh. 20% you'll pay full price it, <laughs> so exactly right. exactly right and Karen you probably have things you broke you're going to need to go replace them so use the coupon <laughs> and get over there <laughs> all right let's go to our first exactly. guest our second guest our, yes, we have Kelly Moore Fryman, who is from Ohio. We talked to her last month when she was gearing up to come out for Tevis. And so we have her back to give us an update on how her trip went and what she thought of the ride. So welcome, um, Kelly. Thank you for joining us again. Good morning, Glenn and Karen. Hi. Okay, so give us a rundown. How? What did you think of Tavis? Tavis is the most awesome and wonderful event that I've ever attended in my entire life. <laughs> the volunteerism between not only the riders, but the volunteers there, you won't feel energy in any other place in the world. Right. There's like 800 volunteers. <laughs> it's- it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> it's wonderful, isn't it? Up, oh, did we lose her? So oh. the thing, oh. no, I'm here. Yeah, you're cutting okay. in and out a little bit, so we'll see if it holds up here. Okay. Uh, so a couple of things that I like about Tavis, the feeling of accomplishment just to get to the start line, that in itself um, is enough to carry you today. There should be its own buckle just to get to the start line. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kelly, uh, Jennifer, I'm going to have you try and give her a call back. We're only getting about every third word, so um, maybe we can get a better connection here. I'm going to just have Jennifer try and give you a call back. Okay. okay. So, Jennifer, if you could do that, that'd be great. So, yeah, I mean, I, she. so was this her first Tevis? I can't remember from her previous interview. I, I believe, yes, and, and she didn't finish, uh, and so that's why I wanted to have her back, because I wanted to... You know, hear from you know in her own words what she thought, what what she learned, um, you, you know, and and I know she had still overall a positive experience coming out because you know coming you know especially from back east it's a big 
uh, well, that's deal. A, I mean, by the time you haul out there for four days and haul back for four days, and then uh-huh. your number of days there, you're at, you're at a two week trip. It's just right. So, it's it is a hike. Is she still stuck in the woods there? Judging by her cell signal, did anybody retrieve her? Uh, she did get out <laughs> of the valley, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. You know, she's back home right. at this point. <laughs> Uh, yes, okay. she made a bat. So, <laughs> and her—I remember her horse's name was Praise the Lord, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is—I remember talking to her about the name. So, so we'll, we, uh, Jennifer's going to try and get her back here, and hopefully, we'll have a little bit better connection with her. Right now, did you see her at all while you were there? A, a little bit, yes, I did. In fact, I gave her one of the good luck tennis angels that I made with. Uh, the little guardian angel coin. And then I put a a little bit of tail hair from both of my horses uh, for good luck. And uh, I, I kind of consider it, you know, even if for the riders that don't finish, hopefully the guardian angel is looking over them and keeping them safe from anything, uh, you know, like say breaking a helmet or running into a bear or something, you know, (laughs) something bad happening. So that's really cool. um, You do that too. Yeah. So, Another so. reason you should be in the Hall of Fame. Just saying. Oh, okay. Just saying. <laughs> um, I, you know, while we're waiting for Kelly uh, to get a better line here, I did want to mention too. There's, you know, we said we have a lot going on right now in distance riding. Well, we do uh, next month. Less than a month now, mm-hmm. we have the endurance ride for the World Equestrian Games coming up and try on. It's they, by the way, that is on September the twelfth. That is the first thing that happens uh, for the World Equestrian Games. The endurance ride is on day one. So, oh, okay. so the horses will be coming in a little bit earlier than that. I'm so excited to watch the start. There's nothing more exciting than to see the start of an FEI that level endurance ride. It uh-huh. is like a freaking sprint um, because it's everybody. Like pop, it's like popcorn, right? Oh my God. <laughs> they're all just sort of lined up in a line, sort of. And then all of a sudden, it's like they're, they're running the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> uh, they had an all out dead run. And then you don't see them again for another 20 miles, you know, till they start to come into vet checks and you see them start uh-huh. to come in. But it is crazy. The start of an endurance race of that that level is just nuts. So, wow. so it, w- it was kind of fun to watch and I'm looking forward to see, I'm looking forward to it being the first thing. So there are tickets still available for everything at the World of Question Games if you want to go. There's housing still available. I'm being contacted all the time now by people who have houses available. Okay. Uh, so there is still thing, and some things are getting cheaper, including the tickets because they haven't sold as well as they had hoped. So right now, uh-huh. if you check again, tickets are getting cheaper too, which is really making okay. the people who bought tickets previously mad. But, um, you can buy them if you haven't already. All right, Kelly, are you back? Are we better? Glenn, I'm here. How do I sound? A little bit better. Let's see how it goes. Okay. Right. Okay, Kelly. Well, tell us about your ride. How did it go? Unfortunately, I did not complete or make it to the finish line. The miles that I did experience, which means I made it to last chance to that check. The 50 miles that I did experience, um, just unbelievable. Granite Chief, Cougar Rock, uh, the, the elephant. I was fortunate enough to spend some time with Potato Richardson, and that uh-huh. in itself was amazing. Oh, my God. You got to you know, ride with Potato? <laughs> I did. And we're going to hook up the next time I go out. And he said, we're going to make it to Auburn together. So I'm taking him up on that offer. 
<laughs> Good. He also did not finish, and he, I believe he was going for his twenty third buckle this year. Yes, I believe you're correct. Wow. Wow. Well, so, okay, so tell us, what did you learn? So things I learned, what I would do different. I feel like I needed more crew. I had two people, um, and we changed our game plan at the end, uh, at the beginning um, at the ride last minute to up and send them uh, a different direction than we had first planned. So, number one, I would have more crew. I feel like your crew should be at every possible place where they can be. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Um, another thing that I would do different is I need to, I have two years. I'm going back 2020 is my goal and I need to teach my horse to slow down. I know that <laughs> sounds crazy to some people, but right. he only has like a nine, a nine mile and nine and mile an hour gait. I've asked for his entire life. So when I ask him to slow down, I think he feels like he's being punished. We have to have, sometimes you have to have that consistent six, seven mile an hour pace to finish this ride. You cannot go for my horse nine miles an hour at uh-huh. this hundred. So I would, I'm going to go on that up two years to get trained down. um the things i will do the same is i did take um four nights to get there and had three nights at roby i think that that timing worked perfect we got Mm -hmm. there he was able to settle at roby wednesday night um people started pulling in thursday friday feel that timing was perfect and that's crucial to the trip of this magnitude going Mm -hmm. across the united states um, the things I loved about the ride again is just the energy, the energy that you feel coming off of people until you do it. You don't even realize what I'm talking about, but I'm sure Karen, you understand that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so those are the couple of the, of the takeaways that I, I'm going to, things I'm different, things I'm going to do the same. Um, and I'm sure I can build on that as my two year begins again. <laughs> I got to ask you, did you get to Cougar Rock? Did you get to do Cougar Rock? I did. So of the three accolades, one being Cougar Rock photo, the other being photo and the buckle, I did get the Cougar Rock photo. So I'm pretty proud Yay. of it that I did buy them. Feel, <laughs> feel like I earned, I think I earned them. You know, I went over that rock. <laughs> uh-huh. Was it terrifying? Was it over before you knew it? How was it? Um. It both. <laughs> you get there and and it looks like this little um a little bit of a clump, but when you get face front in front of it, there is some rock that is straight, I mean it's straight up vertical. You do your horse does have to climb a little and pop over the top. So but if if anyone goes, you definitely you've got to do um, everything worked out perfect. I, I didn't have a line. I didn't have any of that. Um, yeah, that was definitely, definitely awesome. And I want to. So when Potato said, "Hey, yeah, go ahead." No, you go ahead. Sorry. When when Potato said, "Hey, we're coming to Cougar Rock," and I thought, "Oh my god!" And sure enough, there we were. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to tell every, for new <laughs> listeners who aren't endurance riders, Cougar Rock. You've all seen the photos from Cougar Rock. That is the photo of the of Tevis that everybody's climbing like straight up a mountain. Um, and that is the, fo- the most iconic photos out of Tevis. And you've all seen them, but that, that, that's called Cougar Rock. Correct. And, it, and, and it's the one that a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just a rock that you, you just want that picture. And the one where they stretch out that big leap of faith, it's just the most amazing picture. People I show the pictures to 
they just, they are in awe. Cannot believe, you know, the things that we do anyway, but then there's this rock. Right. Do you think it was a photographer that had the rock put onto the course in the first place? Uh, he said, I need these shots. Can we just add this rock to the Tevis? Right, because right. I'm pretty sure the first couple times they did Tevis, there probably were no photographers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so it was, and now they have a bypass that they've built uh, that didn't exist in the early days. So originally people couldn't go around and and now I think it's I, I believe the photographers said usually about half go around and half go over. Um but but I'm kind of with you, Kelly. It's like you gotta go over. <laughs> and it's so funny because I was asking Carrie this Karen this morning, I said, Where's your picture? Where's the cougar rock? Because that's the only one everybody anybody cares about. It's almost more important than the finish line. <laughs> because <laughs> it's the picture. Well, I don't know about that. To I would not, have to say that to somebody that, photo, to somebody sure that didn't ride, that. it's more important than the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you still come away, though, even though I did not finish, and I just say, and, and I tell people, being there is half of, I don't even want to say it's a battle, it's of the joy. Um, the support that it got from <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, the support that I got from everyone was just amazing. I wanted to kind of crawl in a hole a little bit. I was very, very disappointed. And people just kept reminding me, we're proud of you. You did a great, you got there, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to, it's a, it's a, it's a big, and I'm so, so, so proud of my horse for getting me that far. And your horse is right. fine after all good. Oh. Yeah, he had to have, um, he was actually treated by the vet at last chance. They were wonderful. Uh, four bags of fluids he ended up getting. And the next day, yes, he was back to pulling me around like his self. <laughs> Good. And, and they're very proactive at this ride for any horse that has, you know, even I, I think they don't always, the horses don't always need the, the fluids, but it, I think it wards off, you know, anything happening that could go south, you know what I'm saying? So um, they're yeah. very proactive about that. It's just kind of standard protocol to give a horse fluids um, on Tevis if if they think there's even the remote chance that they're, you know, too dehydrated or whatever because they want the horses to, to go home and be, you know, happy and, and healthy and come back again. <laughs> Well, Kelly, we're yes, we're proud correct. of you for having done this long trip. Okay. I mean, it's a it's a two week endeavor for you to do this, and it it's so cool that you got to do it. And we're looking forward to following you again when you come back in twenty twenty. You said right? Yes, that is correct. All right, and uh, she's going to have brakes on the horse by then. Uh, we'll have installed a new set of brakes, <laughs> yeah. a new disc brakes, maybe maybe air brakes, maybe some truck brakes. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it must be somewhat confusing. You know, for some horses, they're like, well, my job is to go. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. it's that I can see where, where that would be an issue for, for some horses especially. Well, thank you, right. Kelly. So I didn't need- Thank, thank you, Glenn and Karen, so much for including me. Hey, give praise Thanks. the Lord a little carrot for us, okay? <laughs> sure, well, you guys have a wonderful day. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Kelly. You too. All right. Still the best name for a horse in the Mongol Derby or in the, in the Tevis Cup. 
still the best thing. <laughs> you got Muggle Derby. On. I do. I have Muggle Derby on the brain. Well, well, I know one thing that you were wearing was your Renegade Hoof Fuchs. How did they hold up uh, during Tevis this year? And which ones did you use? What did you use? Oh, did we lose Karen? Oh, let's see what happened here. Karen, are you there? Oh, it doesn't look that way. I think we lost Karen. I still have you, you sure right? So You still have me, that's right. So we know that. So live listeners. Live listeners, we're fun. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hold on, live listeners. Fun time. And Jennifer, make a note. We're 47 <laughs> minutes in. We'll edit this out. 47 minutes. Recorded, and we'll try and get Karen back. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there you go. You're back. Oh, good. good. Yay. Good. All right. Yes, this this so, time I used glue-on boots, oh, the glue-on okay. renegades. And, really? Uh, yes. And, you know, I normally don't just because it's so easy to use the strap-on version. They work really well for me uh, for, and for my horses. But for Tevis, I, I decided to go with the glue-ons. I glued them on, I believe, on Wednesday night. And of course, I always worry. Did I did I get them on good? Did the glue work good? Oh God! The day after Tevis, when I came home, I, luckily I had my junior to help me pry those darn things off because <laughs> it was work. They were on good. Those boots were not going to come off for nothing. So uh, we were we were very happy with with how the boots worked for us. Um, you know, uh, they you know, fit the horse good. They gave him good protection, got us over Cougar Rock in good shape, got us down, you know, all the pavement crossings, the rocky, you know, technical trails and uh, finished in, in good shape with the sound horse. So uh, thank you, Renegades. What do you do if, uh, with the gluons, you know, if, if one does come off, do you bring an extra boot along? Yes. I rode with a spare boot, which I fortunately did not need uh which which works good and i'm really lucky with uh with bio he can wear the same size on all four feet so that that's great uh, some riders need different sizes for the hind and the back so then they need to you know you should always carry an extra hoof boot or two um you know just because like you said if you lose one or you know something happens um even if you're riding barefoot, you just never know if if something could affect your horse and cause them to come up sore. And then you can, you know, throw on a, a boot. The renegades are so easy to use. Um, you know, you just put one on. It only takes, you know, less than a minute. So they're they're really, you know, easy and simple. Um, they come in like eight different colors, I believe. And there's a couple of models, the regular Renegade and the Viper, so that uh, they're designed to fit a different uh, array of hoof shapes and, uh, um, you know, between front and hind or more round or more oval. Um, and they're, they're made in the United States, which is really nice and uh, real happy with them. Um, I usually get a few hundred miles out of a set of renegades and uh they're um you know my go-to boot whenever i need you know to add hoof protection well and that's uh renegadehoofboots.com is where you can find them yep. so go check them out 
today. Well, we're going to have Mark Montgomery coming up uh, in a few minutes. He's going to come on, and you all know him because he has the Mustangs that came in in the top 10. Everybody heard about those. What a Hacking Cup winner, uh, which is uh-huh. the best conditioned. What do they say? What's the technical? Yes, it's, well, they have a, a commi- actual committee, the Hagen Cup committee, which consists of the various uh, board members for the Western States trail organization, the Tevis Cup, and they follow the horses all day long, and they're judged on their veterinary scores as well as their horsemanship. So it's, you know, it's a it's a big honor to receive, you know, the Hagen Cup, and uh, Cody was, was uh, looking good all day. He had it going on. So it was, uh, was sort of cool because um, Mark shared a some of the same crew as I as I did and so uh they were so excited because they just they knew of course they believed that that Cody was going to win because they felt that he looked so good when they did the Hagen Cup showing at 10 o'clock on you know Sunday morning after Tevis so they were just thrilled they were so excited so it was uh, I think the crew was more excited almost than the writers were because <laughs> you know they crewed for Bo who made his 10,000 miles which was a big milestone and then of course uh we were kind of like small potatoes after the other horse they crewed for got the hanging cup but <laughs> they were thrilled it was exciting I'm sure Mark and Linda were also you know over the top excited that this horse that they've been working with for eight years has uh you know, performed so well for him and turned out to be, you know, such a, a good horse. And he's a big horse. He's like 16 hands. So, yeah, for for an endurance horse, that's pretty large. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty exactly. good size. Right, right. And, you know, and just like when I was mentioning earlier about Claire's horse, the 14-hand horse that's, you know, 27, you know, it's nice the smaller horses are so able to go around and maneuver on the technical trails with all the tight turns and the switchbacks. Cause on that trail, if you miss a tight turn on a switchback, you're going to go off a mountain. So uh, it's just really cool that, that this horse was able to, to get through Tevis in the, you know, top 10 and do so well and be so athletic and uh, come come through in such good shape. So it was really kind of cool. Well, let's take a break for a song, and then we're, okay. we'll come back with uh, with them. Jennifer's going to get them on the line, so we'll come back with that. But let's take a look to listen to a little Marion Kennedy with Born to Ride. And we'll be right back in a couple of minutes and hear all about the Mustangs. word that I ever said Visions of galloping in my head Manes flowing, tails held high I knew that I was born to ride I was born to ride Like a bird was born to fly Fish gotta swim, some's gotta shine 
was born to ride The air I breathe The way they move is poetry Oh, never I grew them and I never will On the day I die I'll be loving them still Cause I was born to ride Marianne Kennedy with Born to Ride. You can find all of her music at MaryannKennedy.com. Well, we uh, will be back tomorrow with another Horses in the Morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. It is... Jamie is actually at... Flag is up farm at Monty Roberts. She's continuing to do her education to get her to get her finally her her degree from Monty Roberts. So she's there this week too. She'll be coming to us live from there. And the Thursday we'll have the day dark. It's uh, the third Thursday of the month. We don't have any shows, so we'll be dark on Thursday and then back again on Friday. So uh, that's what we have coming up this week. Were there anything other than Arabs that you saw uh, down the trail at Tevis? Oh, yes. There were two gated horses, and I believe both of them completed. There were, uh, of of course, a few Mustangs. um, And, of course, we know Mark's two Mustangs top tinned. There were other, a few other breeds. There were mules. uh, Good, you know, yes, there's there's a good assortment. But, of course, the majority usually are Arabians because they do so well at it. But yes, there was a good assortment of different breeds. Are the mules just steady eddies? They're just go. I think so. I think some do really well at, at Tavis and, and then I've heard of some that they get to a certain point and 
they're done. And then they just don't go. <laughs> you know, they're like, I don't want to cross the river this year. That's so it. I'm just going to, this is it. So uh, I, I'm sure regular horses have done the same thing, though. So you can't really have say it's a mule thing. Have you ever wanted to try a mule on an endurance ride? Not really. <laughs> that's got to be you know, like so different than the Arabs. <laughs> there's a reason why they take them in the Grand Canyon, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're very they've got that self-preservation mode that some horses don't always have <laughs> built in. <laughs> it's something you definitely want to have on a horse. And uh, yeah, what about you? Have you ever thought of riding a mule? No, and I've never driven one either. So, um I've never drink, driven a donkey. I've always wanted to drive drive like a pair of donkeys oh the donkeys are so cute yes i always thought that would be fun i haven't done that yet either but uh while we're waiting for mark here i just wanted to mention that we do have some another big race coming up and that's the aerc national championships that's september 20th and 22nd right after the end of the wag in the same neighborhood at the Beltmore uh-huh. state in south carolina and Asheville, where we'll be right down the street there for tryon and that's coming up that's the national championships now that's not a hundred is it it's a, is it a 70, is it a hundred? I think it's a hundred. Yes. Okay. 160 right. kilometers. Got it. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was a hundred or not. So we're going to, I think that Jennifer has Mark ready and let's get him on. Oh, great. Good morning, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Hi. He... And, yeah, and good we morning. Have... It's Mark. Hi, Mark. And we have Mark Montgomery with us this morning, who he is famously known for adopting the BLM wild Mustangs, training them, and then being very successful riding them in endurance. Uh, This year, he had two of his um, Mustangs, top 10 Tevis, and one of them won the Hagen Cup. So congratulations on that accomplishment, Mark. Thank you. We're very proud of Cody for the Hagen Cup win. Yes, I know. We were so excited for you, too. So tell us about Cody. Give us a, a, some history on him. Well, I I got Cody from the Ridgecrest BLM when he was three, and he, he was very dominant. Um, it took a while to, um, you know, to gain his respect and his trust, and um, we started packing with him up in the mountains and then we finally started riding him and he has <clears throat> come come quite a long way yes he's i know he's 10 he, years he... old now so i yeah I've, I've put seven years into him now and i know he wasn't easy to when you first started him tell us about about that well my my, my first day working him in the round pen i I sent him around to the to the left for a couple of laps, and when I went to turn him to the right, um, he he went up on his hind feet and came at me with both front feet and, and charged me. Wow! And luckily, I had a big branch in my hand. I was using a mulberry branch for a, a lunge whip, and um, I I swung it and made a direct hit on the side of his head, and he backed down. Um, and after that, we got along great. He, um, you know, he finally got to where he would let me touch him. And then I just start massaging him and scratching him all over, you know, but it took, took a couple days to get him to that point. 
Wow. Um, you know, and then I gradually, you know, gradually working with a towel and, uh, then, a then a blanket and eventually a saddle. It, it just takes a long time and a lot of patience, but they're sure worth it. Mm-hmm. What do you look for when you, when you go to, to pick out one of these horses? Boy. Because uh, <laughs> you, you know, obviously you, you, know how to you, pick you, them. <laughs> well, you know, they, they claim Mustangs have such great feet, but you have to look at their feet because they're not all perfect. Um, you know, some of them do have clubbed foot or crooked feet, but most of them have great feet and can go barefoot most of the time. But, you know, in endurance, I always put shoes on them because you're riding them so much, they wear their feet off. Um, but, you know, as far as confirmation, you, you just, you look for a, a good, well-built horse. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to, I like to watch them move, you know, um, make sure they're a fluid mover but linda really helps me with picking out um the mustang she's a lot better at confirmation and movement than i am so i i try to always take her with me (laughs) that is a good plan (laughs) hi linda how are you this morning i'm good karen how are you good thanks for joining us so let's get your take a little bit on the Tavis, how did it go for you as a crew? Oh, it went wonderful. Um, you know, I was worried they were going to go too fast because that's always my concern. Um, I saw them come in and they all look good. So I was like, okay, they're doing the right speed for the horse. Um, they both cared for the horses very well. And as long as the horses look good, I say, just go, go however <laughs> fast you need to. So I was really pleased that they did slow down when they needed to, especially out of the second Canyon at Michigan bluff. They took a long time and cooled those horses down because they're thicker. But mm-hmm. you saw the little top 10 horses were, were thin. They're Arabs. They're, they're built for this. They're built to dissipate heat. Ours are both thicker and they take a little longer to dissipate heat. So um, they did take their time and cool them down and it paid off. They looked amazing at forest Hill and amazing at the finish. So. And how long was your day? <laughs> Very, <laughs> very long. You know, I had to stay home and feed. Then I, you know, then I drove up to to Robinson Flat and then back home to feed in the evening and back to the finish. So it was a long day. Yes. That's okay. It was. I'd rather now, ride it than crew it. I, yeah. <laughs> now, do you think you'll want to ride on uh, one of your Mustangs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Each good. is different. You know, I just look for a year that's right for me. And if the weather's good and the horse is good and I'm good, mm-hmm. then I'll do it again. You bet. Okay. So let's get Mark back and ask him to tell us about Woody, the horse he rode. <laughs> well, um, I, I didn't even think I was going to get to do Tevis this year. About two weeks before Woody got bit in the back by some type of bug and he had a allergic reaction to it. His mm-hmm. back swelled up and he had a weird wavy swollen line that went up his withers toward his neck. Um, not sure what it was, but his pulse rate stayed a lot higher than normal up until about three days before Tevis. And I was really debating on whether to 
put him in Tevis or not. But finally, about two days before Tevis, I rode him and his heart rate was almost back to normal. So I thought, okay, we're going to go for it and we'll just Uh ride slower than I planned. Um, And he felt pretty normal until about midday. And I could tell he, he wasn't himself. He, he was a lot more tired than I thought he should have been. And so we were riding in the top 10 until that point. And then we, we slowed way down. He just, he mm-hmm. wasn't right. Um, and then Cody caught up with us. We were a little ways ahead of him. So uh, we, we rode together after that. Um, and coming into Michigan Bluff, I think we were still in top 10, but they, they were tired and hot and we, we took a lot of time and cooled them down and a lot of riders passed us at that point. And then we took our time on into chicken hawk. And again, Mm -hmm. uh, we let them eat for quite a while and cooled them down again. And a few more riders passed us. So by the time we got into forest Hill, I think there were 14 riders ahead of us, you know, and we, our goal was to try to top 10, but at that point, we weren't sure how we were going to do, but with all that time that we took in midday when it got hot with everybody passing us, um, when we left Forest Hill, the horses felt really good. They were, they were fresh and ready Mm -hmm. to go. So we, we pretty much flew from Forest Hill all the way down to Francisco's. And, um, when we got there, there were only 10 horses in front of us. Um, and then as we came into, into lower quarry, I noticed a horse trailer parked with the back gate open. And then I saw three horses uh, tied up waiting for transport. So I thought, wow, we just went from seventh place or 10th place. Now we only have seven horses in front of us. Um, So we, uh, we ended up uh, finishing in that same order in eighth and ninth. Um, But Woody, uh, he, he's a competitor. He just loves to go. Um, he, he can be difficult to ride if you mm-hmm. don't let him ride his pace. You got, um, you'd have a fight on your hands if you, if you try to slow him down too much, but you got to regulate him a little bit, but, but halfway through the ride, he slowed down on his own. I could tell he was not quite the Woody I'm used to. Uh-huh. So, and I know you ride so, yeah. with, with some safety equipment. What what do you use? <laughs> <laughs> well, um I I've come off of Woody a few times. You know, he, <laughs> at the at the speed we ride, if he spooks, um I fly off. So anyway, I've started wearing um I think they call it a hit air vest. Uh-huh. Inflates. You you have it hooked to your saddle and as you fly off. It pulls the cord and it, it inflates. And I always remember to unhook the cord before I get off and coming into Robinson, you know, I'm excited and to get my horse cooled off, get his tack off. So I jump off and forgot to pull the unplug the cord and and my vest went off. Oh, so. <laughs> I can't tell you how many eventers that happens to when they get off their horses. It happens at every t- every event you ever go to. Do you bring a whole lot of extra canisters just in case? Uh, you bring like two or three CO2 cartridges well, you know, with you? <laughs> I, I will in the future, but I did. So I rode the rest of the ride with, without my vest. 
Um, and Woody was good up until that point. He never spooked. He didn't even spook when the vest went off, which okay. kind of surprised me. But then um, later that evening, right before dark, we're, we're coming into into Francisco's and he threw in a spook and there was nothing there. And I thought, whatever, Woody. But anyway, that was the only spook he did. He did on the whole hundred miles. So that was pretty good for him. I just keep okay. thinking Toy Story um, when you're say Woody. I just uh, that's what I picture the whole time is Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first time I got to try out the vest was at the NASCAR 75 last year up at Washoe Lake, and we were in second place, uh, moving along pretty good, and a, a deer jumped right out of the sagebrush in front of us, and he went off the trail. It was a pretty sharp downhill bank, and he. He just went off and I went flying. I, I lost my seat and went face first into a sage bush. Oof. And Ooh. and the, the vest went, went off like it should. And we're about two miles from the oh, is from that the when campground, came, you know, where that, the vet check is. Was that when he came into the vet check without you? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the, the vest went off. You know, so I, I kind of looked like the Michelin man all blown up uh-huh. and he was, he was about 20 feet from me and he looked at me and I didn't look right. And he just said, I'll see you in camp. And he, he took <laughs> off for the for camp and the whole time I'm running down the trail behind him, he's getting farther and farther ahead of me. And I'm thinking he has to cross the highway to get to camp. Right. And I'm, I'm oh, just no. dre- dreading the thought of the sound of of brakes and tires squealing sure the whole time i'm running down there i'm praying that he makes it across the highway without getting hit right and i i come i come running into the vet check and he's at the water trough with somebody holding him <laughs> and wait waiting to vet through and i think <laughs> his heart rate at that point was like like 48 but mine was quite a bit higher <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we we bedded through and um, ended up finishing second on that ride. Oh, jeez! And then, so, so that that was the second leg of the the NASCAR Triple Crown. So we went mm-hmm. on to ride Virginia City in September, um, and he ended up winning that ride, and we won the Triple Crown. So he's a pretty amazing horse if I can stay on him. Um, <laughs> he makes you work. For I have it, come he? off a couple other times that. Oh yeah, before I got my my inflatable vest, I I came off at the Nevada Derby the year before, and there were two motorized um, hang gliders circling around above us. Oh we right, had a twenty minute lead on everybody, and we were at a just a nice canter, weaving through a you know a windy trail through the sagebrush, and and boy, he spooked right out from under me, <laughs> and. And he didn't go toward camp that time. He went back the way we came. I don't think he knew where camp was. And about 20 minutes later, the next two riders come by, and uh, one of them went on to catch him for me, and uh, the other one went on to finish the ride in first place. And so Woody and I came in second on that ride. But, um, yeah, I got to learn to to stay on better. (laughs) 
Velcro seat or something. I don't know. I see he's um, Woody has twenty two <laughs> first place finishes and and fifteen best conditions. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, he and I have a hundred percent completion rate. Um, so far, we we've managed to complete every ride we've done. Okay, well, give us he, he does his history. Let's, he, let's we'll talk about his personality. How difficult he was. Boy, he um, <laughs> he was given to me when he was five years old. Um, they had him at a trainer, and they just they didn't know how to train a Mustang, and they you know they had him in the pasture, and they they could touch his nose once in a while, but they couldn't get a halter on him. Mm. So they they ended up, I, I met a gal at the Mojave ride and she mentioned, I have a friend with a Mustang. She'd probably give him to you. He's a really cute, good looking Mustang. She said, he looks just like Frankie. And you know, I, I love the way Frankie looks. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll take a look. And so I called the gal and said, okay, how are we going to, she said she was willing to meet me halfway. And I said, well, how are you going to get him into the trailer? And she said, well, I can feed him into the trailer. And I thought, okay, how are we going to get him from your trailer to mine? He doesn't have a halter on. And she said, well, we'll, we'll back our trailers up to each other and we'll hurt him from my trailer to yours. So anyway, it all worked as planned. Um, we, we did that. In the, he came from down near San Diego. So it was quite a drive for both of us. Mm-hmm. But um, I was excited to to get him home and train him. I think I, I got home at eight o'clock the next morning and unloaded him into the round pen and went right to work on him. And by the end of the day, I had a saddle on him. It, you know, it just, uh, you have to know how to work with a Mustang. They're, they're a little different, you know, they're, they're completely wild. And I have a few round pen techniques I use, um, mainly working them, left and right in the round pin until they'll finally, you know, smell my hand and let me touch their nose. And then you just gradually work from there. And every time they move away from me, I, I let them run and they run and run until they finally stop and look at me and go, okay, what do you want? And I I go, well, I want you to smell my hand. (laughs) (laughs) And then they smell it and they snort and take off running again. And I go, okay. (laughs) Uh, it can take it can take hours and days and oh, lots of Frankie patience. took years. Oh, yeah. People told me give up on Frankie before he kills you, and I said I'm not giving up on him. And it took probably three years before I got into Frankie's head and and trusted him enough to take him out on the trail. And how many so. horses have you <laughs> have you t- trained? I think I've started about thirty five Mustangs. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, they're, they're all a challenge. Frankie was probably the hardest. Woody was probably the second hardest. Um, I do have one right now that I gave to Michaela. Uh, she's a gal riding with me. Um, she actually rode Cody on Tevis when he won the Hagen Cup. Mm-hmm. And I was given a, four, a four-year-old that was very difficult. Um, the owner and trainer couldn't, uh, do much with him. 
And when I, he's huge, he's massive <laughs> and very reactive. So Michaela has been working with him and uh, she's been on him a few times and she's come off a few times. Oh. He, 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 he's just very reactive. We haven't, we haven't got that out of him. He is, he's coming around, but we have our work cut out for us on him. Um, he, he's got such a huge buck. Um, we've, both hit the ground oh no (laughs) it's been been a pretty rough go with him but we we are getting it um (laughs) michaela bounces better than i do she's um, (laughs) she's only 21 a lot more than i am yeah right (laughs) um yeah um yeah michaela when she rode cody she took such good care of him at tevis and uh, she's such a, a great rider, so well balanced. And uh, Cody didn't even look like he had done anything when we finished Tevis. Uh, right. Yes. He and Woody he, both great. looked great. Yes. You guys did a great job and had a good ride. And I got to give credit to your crew because she, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, hey, crewing is hard. <laughs> So yeah, good job. you know Deborah, Deborah Wills and Deborah Wills and her family were part of that crew, and uh-huh. uh, coming into coming into Robinson Flat and having everybody there, you know, uh, helping me pour water on on Woody, and and then Cody came in right behind us, and then they switched from me to to Cody, and yeah, having a crew, um, especially on Tavis, is very important. Right, especially one that's experienced and and knows, you know, what they're doing is great. It's terrific. Yeah, we we got a little frustrated uh, going through the Granite Chief Wilderness. We were, I think we had about 10 riders in front of us at that point. And, Uh you know, that that trail is a pretty technical trail and Mustangs don't know the difference between a technical trail and a good trail. And we had a bunch of Arabs in front of us. And every time we came to a wet spot in a trail or a rocky section, they would all stop and walk. And, oh, and yeah. Woody and Cody are going, they're going, yeah. come on guys. And there, uh-huh. were, there were too many riders in front of us to ask for trail. You know, you can't get right. a group that big. You can't get yeah, 10, there's 10 no riders point. to all pull exactly. over for uh-huh. so, yeah, we, we were, <laughs> we were stuck and, um, and the dust back there was really bad following that many horses but we we come into red store <laughs> red star and diana um was there scribing for a vet and she goes mm-hmm. mark what happened did you fall down and <laughs> i was smiling at her and you look like a raccoon <laughs> yes yeah and she thought she thought my front teeth had been knocked out oh uh, they were all caked in in they were caked in mud uh. from, the, from the dust but that's a good sign <laughs> that means you were probably smiling <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were smiling, uh, cool. and Woody felt so good. We left. We left Red Star, and he pretty much cantered all the way to Robinson Flat. Oh, right. So we, we passed passed a few people on that stretch. Good. Uh, well, we congratulations. Did, I, I, pretty, I pretty much let. Thank you. I, I pretty much just let him ride his ride, 
and uh-huh. I try to stay And on. you just try to stay on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. I know we had a lot of our listeners were asking right after the race if we could get you on. Uh, Mustangs are very popular here on the show. So we appreciate you joining us, and uh, good luck with these guys. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Thanks, thank, thank thanks you. Mark and Linda. Thanks, Have a good Linda. day, you guys. Thank you, too. Well, that's so cool, and it just goes to show, well, you know, Mustangs are really built for this, if you think about it. I mean, that's, they spend their life out in terrain like that. Right, uh, and, and I, you know, and obviously Mark knows how to pick them. Right. Like, They're not for everybody. their conformation <laughs> and how they move and stuff like that, just like you would any, you know, any horse. But he definitely, you know, has a knack for picking out the good ones. Yep, no question. Well, we're running out of time here, Karen. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us this Tevis review. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's always fun to hear about the the uh, the coolest long or not longest, but the hardest one of the hardest endurance races in the world at Tevis. And now yeah. next year we'll have to get another report after you do it your ninth time on bus. <laughs> so. <laughs> But there are a lot of endurance rides coming up. We're going to have a lot of reports for you coming up over the next couple of months. I think that you're on. Are you going to be on? You're going to be on. Uh, I'm going to take a look at that. You're. No, we are not going to talk to you again in September because the day we're supposed to be on is the day that we're they're going to be racing. So that uh, is. Yes. Yeah, so we're, we're we will not have an endurance episode next uh, month because because uh, you're going to be there watching watching endurance. endurance. That's right. In real in real life. <laughs> so, wow. So thanks, Karen, for joining us. We really appreciate it. What's your Karen, website, Karen? You just need to just tell Karen she needs to come to Weg with us so she can do that show with you that day yes. with, with Sammy. You can come watch. That would be cool. I know. Yes, you can come watch. Um, there's probably still tickets left. As a matter of fact, I'm sure of it. <laughs> so, uh, but Guarantee yeah. there's tickets left. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people find you? What's your website? Uh, my website's karenchatton.com. Very good. karenchatton.com. Very simple and easy to find. And don't forget our sponsors. We have Distance Depot and Renegade Hoof Boots. Uh, Distance Depot, remember that coupon, MONGOL18, all capital letters, MONGOL18. The number is 18, uh, all capital letters, at thedistancedepot.com. Thank you so much. Talk to you all tomorrow morning. Thanks. Jamie will be back. Have a good ride and wear your helmets.